I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Australia and New Zealand. Welcome to My Millennial Money. We're saying kind of New Zealand because getting a lot more Kiwis join us from across the ditch. and <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> well, they're joining us via their ears. Would it be a Dutch? A ditch. A ditch. A Dutch. A Dutch. So, welcome anyway. Welcome anyway. Yes. Ash is joining us today, who's our resident welcome voiceover Asha. professional. Yes, thank you. Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. And this is a fun episode. I wanted to just take stock of... I guess because we are kind of ratcheting out of this COVID shutdown. Hopefully. And hopefully. And I just thought we'd take stock and see what we've kind of learned from this period. Yeah. What others in the community have learned. And just the different things about keeping things in your own house, like your own job. And speaking of in-house, this is a terrible segue. But did you know Sun Sufa, our show partner? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uses a combination of in-house and outsourced investment managers. Around 30 uh, people work in Sydney, plus they work with investment managers across the world, including Vanguard for some of their index options. So basically what that means is they're not wasting resources internally for stuff that we can go to, say, Vanguard, which is the gold standard of index funds, and saying, hey, Vanguard, can you have some of our members' money to invest in your index funds? Mm. And it's just a win-win because they're keeping the in-house stuff for maybe some of the active management they're doing, and then they outsource to Vanguard for their index options. Yeah, flexible. Understand completely. Yeah. So, if you are interested in reviewing your superannuation, we're not blindly telling anyone to run to Sun Super, but we are saying throw Sun Super in the mix, and you can do that by going to sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. Thank you, Sun Super, for being part of My Millennial Money. Now, are you ready to get into this? Yep. Let's do it. Let's crank it up, and are you ready to do an intro to this episode, Asher? Okay. All what, right. are we, what are we talking about again? I don't know. All Let's right, do cool. it. Three, two, one, go. Welcome to My Millennial Money. On today's episode, John and Glenn are joined by professional voiceover actor, me, Asher Phillips. We'll be discussing today a uh, rather touching subject, rather controversial. Uh, poignant. Even. Poignant. Oh, good one. Thank uh, you. Coalescent? No, probably not. Uh, it's about coming out of COVID-19. Coming out on the other side, seeing what's there. What's it going to be like? I don't know, Glenn. What do you think? Well, it's funny. I was reflecting... Um, just this morning in prepping this episode and I know that, you know, at the time of this recording and probably at the time of people listening to this, things are probably not 100% back to happening. Okay, so we acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge uh, the people who are still out of work or are doing it really tough and are really struggling because not everybody kept their income Mm. through this time. Or their way of life. Like a lot of us lost something and I don't think anyone was above this COVID thing. But 
for me, I was thinking about a time when I was starting my business and when I had no money, okay? And I looked in an old journal this morning from June 2011, okay? And I actually wrote an entry down. You were a young boy back I was then, a young, Glenn. A young whippersnapper. <laughs> what <Dear>. lessons <laughs> have I learned from having no money? So, this was a diary entry, okay? Excellent. Oh, a different sort of diary to what I'm, you know. What were you thinking? Not oh, dear, dear diary. diary. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why doesn't she like me? Yeah, exactly. No, that was the <laughs> Is page Is it because I have no money? Yeah. 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 That was 2010. Yeah, exactly. right. yeah, that's right. Sorry. So, what have I learned from having no money? So, I think I wrote eight points. The first one. Life still goes on, my heart still beats. So, you're not going to drop dead from having my... Like, for me, the worst thing that could happen is you actually die from having no money. And that's actually not going to happen. Okay, no, unless you have a heart attack as a result of stressing out about it. Yeah, but mm. extreme, extreme yep. unlikely. Yeah, okay? sure. So, anything above that, we can get through. Yeah. So... You're still going to wake up tomorrow, you know, it's okay. You physically are going to be okay. Yep. The second point, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have what I've got. So, a lot of us might be going through a time, you know, through COVID, coming out of COVID going, well, I didn't have two cents to scratch together, but I had a roof over my head, had a pillow, had a blanket. I was four meters away from a running tap. Which, you know, there's people in the world who have to walk each day to get fresh water. Yeah. If so, at all, yeah. Yeah. So, I think mm. it's important to note, you know, we are still relatively well off yep, if sure. we have lost our job or haven't got an income. The third one, which was a big one that a lot of you in the Facebook group commented on, and I wrote it down, priorities emerge rapidly. So, the minute you have no money, yes. it's amazing what the priorities actually are. Mm, important sure. things in life. Totally. Mm. The next one, debt is dumb. I think I had a car loan or something at that yeah. time. or <laughs> And you really know it's like, oh, crap. And people in the Facebook group wrote yeah. that. And it's yeah. like, oh, the debt. And it's interesting, just on the debt thing, a lot of you coming out of this COVID thing, you've actually realized not necessarily the the debt or the repayment amount. And I'll, I'll give you an example. A lot of people withdrew money out of super and paid off their debt, okay? Where if they withdrew the money out of their super and just kept it in the bank account, it would lubricate their cash flow for three months or whatever, right? Yep, yep. But they've just gone, I'll take 10 grand out and pay the 10 grand debt off. Yeah. But all they've freed up is maybe $200 a month in a minimum yeah. repayment. So... And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm just illustrating the cloud that hangs over you puts more pressure on you with the debt than the actual $200 a month yeah. payment. It's your emotion, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's just really, you know, when little Glenn was going through this in 2011, mm. he really understood that debt was dumb and it's got nothing to do about whether I can afford the $200 a month minimum payment, yeah. it was the psychology of that shadow over my it's life. The emotional mm. weight. Of totally. Yeah, for sure. Totally. The next one, time is money. Should I be working? So, and it was funny, when I did start my own business coming out of this, I tried to get so many jobs and I just couldn't. And I don't know if it was like the universe saying, no, you will focus on You'll what you're doing. And go, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I was 
declined from dish pig jobs at the Bato Bay Hotel. <laughs> you really overqualified. Absolutely. Yeah. I tried to get so many part-time jobs mm. just to put a bit of food on the table, couldn't get the job. So yeah. I've seen you clean dishes as well. You're pretty good. Oh mate, I just I'm efficient when I stack them in the dishwasher. I've got this whole mechanism yeah. and I reckon you'd be a good Tetris player as well. Thank you, Asha. So I think if you are out of work <laughs> or struggling, can you put some things in the mailbox as, hey, can I mow your lawn 30 bucks? Mm. Or can you actually be out there generating money? Like you might be uh, working in a club and they're still shut down or something like that. Mm. So I think that was on my mind. Yeah, drop the ego. Totally. And the next point was do not take it for granted. Yeah. And that was a common theme in the Facebook group. People yeah. were like, oh yeah. my gosh. And we've all kind of chosen a few things that we liked in the Facebook group. We're going to read your comments because... Again, this podcast is for our M3 community. So, we'd like to bring everyone along on this journey. Mm. So, yeah, you know, you, you've got an income, yeah. but it can stop in an instant from sure. COVID, mm-hmm. disability, illness, whatever. Yeah. So, no, that's good. And it, then it's impressive that you've kept it this long as well. My income or? No, this, oh, my diary. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's in my diary. top drawer next to my um, yeah. bed. I'm yeah. impressed by the income as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging in there. You've made yeah. a few decisions. <laughs> And then the next one, which was a lot of people wrote this, I wrote, keep money aside for hard times. Mm. Yeah. So, and it's so funny. It's like I've been personally criticized, you know, publicly because we do this podcast of that, oh, he's not relevant and all that. But it's like, no, no, I know what it's like to have no money. Yeah. Trust me. Yep. In 2011. I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner. <laughs> Look, that's my terrible handwriting, isn't it? Um, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> I have been Some up sort of all scribble. night. Yeah. I've been up all night with anxiety attacks while having no money because mm. the rent's still due, the car payment's still due. I totally get it. Mm. And then in this whole mindset piece for me, uh, building my business and it could also be uh, relevant for you, you know, coming out of COVID if, you've, if your income has dropped. There was that old book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's pretty wild, okay? Mm. There was a real quote, and I wrote this at the top there. I'll read it. And I hung my hat off this in the hard times. No man has ever achieved worthwhile success who did not at one time or another find himself with at least one foot hanging well over the brink of failure. Mm. How wild is that? Yeah, it is. And it, it says man, but woman, man, mankind, whatever, yeah. person. It was written back in 1930. Yeah, 2. <laughs> yeah. No man ever achieved worthwhile success who did not at one time or another find himself with at least one foot hanging well over the brink of failure. Yeah. My whole body was hanging over the brink mm. of failure. Yeah. So, I guess what I wanted to do in this episode is kind of just discuss, you know, the whole world has been through this sieve called COVID-19 and we are coming out of it and about we surveyed the group about 70% of you your income hadn't changed at all you might still be working at home so there was a lot of people whose income hadn't changed there was a lot of people who took money out of super and put it on the home deposit there was a lot of people that took money out of super and paid off debt there was a lot of people who took money out of super and genuinely had to live off it so again variety of different people listening that I think we can all learn about the reality check that we've had. So, what we're going to do, we're going to probably just share our own thoughts about the downturn, COVID, what we've thought. 
And then we're going to read some comments in the Facebook group. And it is a little bit of a different episode, this. So, you know, hang in there, strap yeah. yourself in yeah, yeah. and just use this as an encouragement. So, I guess, Asher, for you, yep. you know, you just kind of just refresh everybody about your career change and all that pre-COVID, why you did it and all that. And then I guess what you've experienced yourself through this COVID thing. Yeah. So, basically, towards the end of 2019, I left my high paying job. Because it was just too much. It just wasn't worth it in the end. The money was good, but, you know, the hours weren't good and its effect on me wasn't good. So, basically left the job. I'm now working a retail job, like a general retail full-time sort of, you know, 50K a year type job. And um, I was there for, well, I started in, ju- in January and now all this stuff hit really recently. Yeah. But that job, it's pseudo passion. It's a music store. Yeah, it's a music store. So, it's not like, uh, you know, I hate where I'm working or anything like that. It's like a personal interest of mine. So, it's all good. But um, it's still a very, you know, it's a far world away from what I, yeah. where I came from. So, so you got uh, put off basically as soon as this started being in retail or well, how, no, how did that go? No, actually. So, it actually went the opposite way right. because everyone has all this time to spend at home. Yeah. And, you know, whether you play an instrument today or not everyone's got all this time to think about what are the things that i would want to do always but never had the time to do or always yeah. use work as an excuse you know the excuse doesn't exist anymore mm. so we we're actually really really busy oh, because yeah. everyone wants to learn how to play guitar or piano yeah. or if they already play they're finding a new reason to buy another one because right. they're just sitting at home thinking about it so we're actually really fortunate where we've been in comparison to other retail stores, like yeah. really, really busy and online as well. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And even like people like me will walk in because I'm bored. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy some new cables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have people just walk in, like people will literally bring in their guitar that's yeah. been in the wardrobe for 30 years, bring it in and say, oh, can you guys fix this up yeah. for me so I can play it again? I haven't yeah. played in 30 years, yeah, but they've I've had got the some time. time to think about it because of COVID. Yeah. 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 Do you think uh, personally, you were probably fortunate to be in this position pre-COVID? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I was sort of smiling to myself on the way to my current job, thinking about what if I had stayed in my old job? I was going to ask that. Where, you know, I have an older sibling who still works there and, like, I know that place has basically been on fire since all this stuff happened. And I was already struggling with the workload, as was my team at the time as well. Yeah. So, I was sort of, yeah, like I said, smiling to myself, thinking about, you know, thank goodness I'm not there anymore because yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't have handled it very well at all. You would have imploded. Yeah, exactly. From home. <laughs> yeah, from, from home. And that was the thing as well. Like I could have, I was working from home previous to COVID anyway. That was like an option I could have yeah. taken, but I was never any good at it because there's just so much stuff at home I'd rather be doing. Yeah, yeah. So, this would have been really, really bad. So, I'm actually, yeah, fortunate to be able to leave my house, be out with the public as much as I can. That's great. Yeah. Mm. So, what do you think would be your personal learnings from the last three months even. Yeah. I think there's two April things. Imagine, yeah, yeah. I think there's two things. One, and you sort of touched on it before, a lot of people walk around like whatever situation they're currently in is set in stone and it's going mm-hmm. to be forever. So whether that's the current job you have or whatever, but also the actual system that we exist in, there's no reason that any of this has to continue there's no like it's obviously for the best that it does and for the you know um, so to support everyone but you know things can crumble really quickly yeah. especially in something like this where it's obviously never happened before there's no sort of you know test we can do or learnings we can get from another country like it's never happened before so mm. yeah that was one thing that sort of woke me up around you know, things aren't always going to be this way and i think following on from that was that 
I think after when this is all over, I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, when things go back to normal. Well, I don't think there's going to be a normal anymore. There's going to be a new normal. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. and I think it's it's funny. It's like probably the biggest recent event that our world has seen would be how 9-11 changed air travel, for example. Mm. And then before that, like I absolutely think this is the war of our generation. And could you imagine back in 1940 or whatever, you're like, you're at home, you hear planes going over if you're in London or whatever, and yep. you have to put the the curtains over and keep the lights off. I mean, that's pretty scary. Put my thing on silent. There we go. Um, but that was a defining worldwide event. Yep. And this is like, because remember when it, like, I remember when that, like they first happened and you know, I'd watch the press conference and ScoMo's like, from Monday, you can't go to the gym. You can't, we're yeah. shutting everything down. It's yeah. like, wow, this is like... that changes. It can change in an instant. Mm. And I've always had this kind of a positive psychology of when I had no money or when I ran my own business and there was no customers or something, always reinforce. And I used to always say to myself, it can all change in an instant. Yeah. yeah. So, be hopeful for the future, but... It's important to note that with our financial life, mm. it can all change in an instant. Mm-hmm. And it's it's contr- like we're out, we can't control it. It's not within anyone's control. No. So, I guess to be succinct in your point, Asher, it's like do not take anything for granted, basically. Basically. And yeah. if you're mm-hmm. doing what you're doing now and you don't like it, yep. well, it can all change in an instant. Yep. So, why don't you get active and start going you know what, I don't want to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. Mm. I think one other interesting thing that's come out also as a result of me working in a place where we were still open, still having face-to-face conversations with customers and things like that, is that because everyone's had all this time to spend at home and not necessarily a lot to occupy themselves with, there's a lot of people making big changes in the way that they're thinking about things or how they want to conduct themselves, whether that's at work or in their personal lives or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, I use the analogy of someone wanting to learn the guitar after always wanting to do it. But that sort of, I guess, that shift in mindset is happening to a lot of people at home where, you know, they're realizing, actually, I don't like commuting to work. Why do I work so far away from home? Or actually, I don't like working in, you know, this industry or, or that sort of thing. All these, like, um, I guess, thoughts that probably would have been at the back of their head, but because they're so preoccupied with getting to work or whatever, you don't have time to sort of flesh it out. But now you're sitting at home and yeah. you can sort of let those thoughts, you know, develop a bit more. Yeah, and even, like, the basic things like board games have come back yeah. out and, uh, and and little hobbies that people have had around the house and Bunnings have never been busier because of little projects happening and yeah. just the, the real basic things in life that – People, as you said, just brushed over because they're too busy. Yeah, and especially that, that one about personal connection as well. Yeah, I think that's probably the the biggest thing I've heard in my family and outside of it as well. It's just yeah. how much people miss seeing other people, mm. or not just seeing them because obviously we can you know um, FaceTime and whatever. Yeah, but being around other people and spending you know quality or not so quality time with them, but just being yeah. in someone's presence, it's like yeah, it's had a much bigger effect on me than what I thought because I yeah. usually refer to myself as an introvert, mm. but now I'm sort of sitting at home like I'd really like to go somewhere. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm. So I guess John, like from the angle of you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got a business. What have you learned, I guess, from COVID, from, I guess, the personal side Mm. and also as a business owner? Yeah, it's interesting, like late February, early March or whenever we're we're told to shut things down, 
I was at home with the family, no school, um, and we're like, okay, well, we're not going anywhere. Um, the kids aren't asking for play dates and with their friends because they can't. They know they can't. So that was comforting in itself. There's no kids' sports, so there was no rushing around. There was no commuting, and it was just re-engaging. Um, and for the first few days, I was like, how good is this? Um, as a business owner and the business owner mentality, which – Glenn, you could relate to is it's it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. So like I I sat there and thought, well, everyone's going through probably this business owner mindset of not knowing when you're next going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I thought everyone can really learn from this as hard as it may seem. Mm. Like because as a business owner, you don't know what's happening next week. You don't, you don't know you're going to get that fortnightly paycheck and the amount that's going to be and and we can forecast some different things but it's always hustling, hustling, hustling to make sure we can continue to to grow and build and I, and I think one thing that I've maybe realised and, and looking at the Facebook group with comments is going back to your point, Asher, not taking things for granted mm. which means, well, yeah, I'm going to get paid every fortnight but that can be taken from me almost instantly as it has. Now, this might be a, a one in 20, one in 50, one in 70 year event, who knows? But the fact is it happened without anyone realising it was going to happen. Yeah, that's right. And Except it's Bill Gates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, – but I, I think it's it's been great to just get back to the basic things in life and, and just enjoy – our own company and realize that we can actually get by with very little. Yeah. It's a, it's our choice to, to do things differently. Yeah. And that was kind of my prophetic list, if you will, of, you know, the priorities emerge mm. rapidly. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. Like unbelievable. Totally. I think mm. it was also important to note that, you know, for me personally, yes, it can change in an instant. The initial thing I noticed with society, everyone was a lot more tolerant of each other. Yeah. Everyone was a lot more because it was the ultimate equalizer. Yep. No one was above this. Nah. So, you'd go out, get your takeaway coffee. There was this somber type of, hey, we're actually, no one's elite in this. Yeah. You know, mm. it was really weird from a societal point of view that, mm. hang on, no, we're actually all the same. Everyone needs toilet paper. Everyone needs toilet paper. But it was just, I thought that was just noticing that, that everyone was kind of in the same thing. So Yeah. And and I, I don't know about you guys, but I never saw anyone like the 1.5 meter rule. Yep. I didn't see anyone not follow that. Like, no. That no one stepped in front. There was no urgency to, no. to get there I got quicker. told off twice. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> And you're actually serious, right? Yeah, of course he is. Look at him. <laughs> no, okay. Let's just back the truck up for a second. <laughs> no. I wasn't breaking the law. I was just standing in a weird spot chatting with somebody. And this guy has a go at me. I'm like, all right, okay. Were you within 1.5 metres of him, this person that yelled yeah, at you? Yeah, he had to walk past me. But people don't realise that it's kind of like within 15 minutes. If you're like, so if you're mm. walking past someone in the street, no risk really. Yeah. But it's and like COVID app, they say we're tracking 15 minutes. Anyway, well, I don't want to get into yeah. <laughs> if, if the uh, the whole toilet, I could have been wrong. I don't know. The whole toilet paper thing was interesting though, wasn't it? Like there was this fortnight, three weeks, however long it went for, where like 
Ames and I were sitting at home going, why are people such idiots? Like, why are they going out and busting their balls to get toilet paper? Yeah. Like, it's the last thing on earth you would ask for if, you, if you're a hunter-gatherer, yep. right, to survive, we don't need toilet paper. No, you'll be fine without it. No, but I think the interesting thing with that whole thing was, uh, and I listened on the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Tom Green, he said the problem probably was because it was such bulky items, there would be less actual units of toilet paper in the store as opposed to units of baked beans yeah. because they literally take up more space. Yeah. And my my theory on it, because I think it started in ACT, my own theory was that the government down there, they there was rumours that there was going to be a shutdown. So, public servants went and gone, oh, we'll just stock up on one or two things. <laughs> and then because it looked like there was a whole aisle empty, like, oh my gosh, yeah, hit yeah. social media, get some. run on toilet paper. But yep. now if you look at, even at Woolworths up here at Batto, you can't buy the big 50 roll boxes or things anymore. They're only the heaps of the smaller ones. Yep. So, yeah. but I guess, yeah, it's very primitive. But I will say as well, like I think, there are a lot of people, John, in the community and probably those listening who don't shop based on, you know how on the um, on the shelf it says, you know, it's $12 and then or X amount per 100 kilograms yeah. yep. or the pack of toilet paper is $18 or per $2 per yep. roll or something. Yeah. Because a lot of the community aren't that well off, they won't shop based on I'll buy more to get more value because yeah. they don't have the cash flow. They'll buy one at a time. They'll buy one yeah, at yeah. a time or something like that. That's kind of right. my own view on the on the toilet paper thing. Yeah. But it and it, I you can relate this back to I suppose investing is a lot of the time when there's peaks in markets, it's it's a FOMO thing. It's it's doing what everyone else is doing. Yep. And and toilet paper sales were were a great example of that, yep. weren't they? Like I'm just I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to get some toilet paper anyway. I've yeah, still yeah. got stock in my house from pre-COVID. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like I just yeah. because I always buy the bulk or yeah. like the biggest one you can get. And yeah. like I'm I'm almost absolutely sure that anyone who went out and did sort of uh, panic buy that sort of thing, it's not because they needed it. It's just the thought of soon there's not going to be any and in three months' time, then I'm going to be squatting out the back with some leaves. Yeah. So, I better just grab some now and look like a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was I was worried. It's like, what if I need to go and buy some just because I need some? <laughs> not because I want to be panic buying. Well, those are the people. I was, I was working with a guy who was in that situation where he just didn't have any Yeah. and he couldn't get anywhere. I didn't give, I didn't give him any of mine because yeah. obviously I need it. Yeah. But still, like, yeah, I feel sorry for those people. Mm. Yeah. So, and I think as well for me, um, so the societal thing, I also think from my own, I had a, so I guess for the last 10 years having my own financial planning business, you know, it was pretty regular, reliable, good income. Yep. Okay. So, again, for me personally, it was just a bit of a gut check, a fact check that, hey, don't take it for granted. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it could be gone. And I think the millennial generation- because we have grown up without any financial hiccups. We've got what we want. We get it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, when I was five years old or whatever, interest rates are 18% crazy. Mm. I've never lived actively through a recession. No. It's been good. I think it was the reality check that we all needed. Yeah. And particularly for 
people that are older that have had 30 years of good financial growth. Just another little reality check, hey? Mm. So, I've probably... I was even thinking last night, I might just notch my emergency fund up just a little bit more. Instead of the three months, I might take it to the six months mm. just for that gut check. Well, if, if you had... I was thinking this yesterday, actually. If you had your three months worth of funds sitting there, essentially... That should be getting you till the end of this month, shouldn't it? End of May, right? Oh, so definitely, yeah. you should be still sitting there with surplus funds. If even if you've had no work, you've had no government incentives, um, no super drawdown, you should be okay for another a week or a half. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's right, and that's the difference, John, between data, facts, and emotions. Isn't Correct, it? and yeah, that's why but for logically, me, three exactly. months is plenty. Totally, like. If this is being repeated every ten years, even this totally. is more than plenty. Yeah, three sure. months. Like I've got, um, I've got an emergency fund of X amount, and I've got a heap of money on my offset account. But I'm just like, oh, I'm probably in my life. I don't ever want to be under X amount cash heavy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just for the comfort thing, because you know we are. I run a small business, you know, being the podcast, and we get. Sponsors, because the the first thing that goes mm-hmm. is marketing budget. Yeah, and even like because I follow the V8 supercars because I'm a bogan. One team just announced that they're pulling out because they're big sponsor fellow. Right. And actually, John, another thing for me was interesting to note. And one of Warren Buffett's thing was when the tide goes out, you can actually see who's not yeah. wearing any clothes. Yeah. So this has been an absolute reset button mm. and some of the big players were just you could just see they were just running on the line mm. yep absolutely virgin. running and virgin and covid didn't knock virgin over people no. they were they had not had a profit for over seven years mm. like yep. this was just a handy excuse for them to say oh covid did it yeah like it was going to happen something was not right with yeah. their business it was model. A final blow wasn't it it yeah. was the final blow. Yeah. And it totally it's a, it's a, sucks. It's a graceful way to go out as well to be able to put it on. It's a great excuse. External circumstances. Blame, blame someone yeah, else. We yeah. were doing fine, but you know what happened <laughs> and, you know, they ran out yeah. of toilet paper for the airplane. And, and it's yeah. a shame that there was 5,000 Australians. How many employed by, I oh know, heaps of Australians yeah. employed mm. with Virgin that are out of work. And I really feel sorry that You've lost your job. But there's a company there that they were not running efficiently. $7 billion in debt? Mm. Are you serious? If it was half right, if there was $3 billion of debt, like, it's just wild. Yeah, it's a lot of coin. So, I hope this is going to be the case. I'm predicting this will be the case. Mm. But businesses, large or small uh, wake up in this new version of life yep. and, and say, you know what? I've got 10 staff. They can come in one or two days a week instead of yeah. five days or they can actually do their whole job from home and I can downsize my office or um, just giving people that flexibility of life and understanding that their efficiency, their results won't suffer as a result yeah. of that. I think that's uh, hopefully what will happen. Yeah, and I, I think it's good as well. And I think a lot of businesses are saying to the M3 
see like my millennial career girls like because we've done a few career episodes and all that take a listen to that podcast if you want it's really cool that i think you know small businesses and businesses probably run at about 75 percent productivity out of their staff okay yeah i know when i'm working of a day half my time's dicking around doing nothing so we all know that you're not 100 productivity to what you're paid for okay mm. i think businesses as you said john will come out of this and go oh we're actually getting more done yeah. with kind of less manpower. Yeah. yeah. So, let's rearrange the deck chairs. And yeah. why are we and renting this massive building? Yeah. And totally. look at our overheads. We've just cut them in half. Yeah, like, exactly. Wow. Totally. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like a lot of, mm. you know, people where I used to work are obviously talking about, you know, getting back into the office and that sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to be an option mm. because like you said, they're working just as well as they were before. Yeah. Um, and really a lot of the reason that even large businesses don't make so much of their workforce mobile isn't because they can't do it. Yeah. It's because, I mean, like, what? it's just so much work. Yeah. Like, you have to organize all the hardware and everything like that. But totally. now with COVID, I mean, it's not an option anymore. You have to organize yeah. it. It's all in place now. My, yeah. um, my brother-in-law and his wife, basically both of them work in Sydney, yep. two kids. Um, through this time, they've both been working from home, still kept their jobs, uh, but they're also homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping, and I think it's going to happen, where they'll continue to work from home, but as soon as the kids go back at school, like their lifestyle is just enhanced. There's mm-hmm. about 20 hours between them where they're not actually commuting. So they're getting dinners in the evening together. Um, they're doing some things with the kids after school that they've never done or one has done, but the other's away yeah, sure. commuting. So it's a massive turnaround for those guys. Yeah. I think it's just the ultimate reset that mm. we can all... Re- and a lot of you, when we surveyed the group earlier, a couple of months ago, most people, I think about 80% of people were saving between 50 to $150 a week. Just not eating out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just wild. Well, there's, Petrol. There's no, McDo- Petrol. there's no McDonald's in your house. Oh, it sucks. McDelivery. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry. But, yeah, and it, that was the problem. The petrol prices fell, but we couldn't take advantage of it because no one was driving nah. anywhere. No. Nah. And now for the not community member of the week because Glenn didn't organize one. We'll be reading your Facebook comments on air. Who's going first? So, shall we have a bit of a look at the Facebook group? Yeah, Asher and I Mm. prepared quite well for this and we did have a look through, didn't we? Yes, I spent most of last night doing it actually. So, we've all kind of picked uh, some things. So, John, who did you see and who did you like? Do you want me to give names and and go the full Yeah, give a first name. Yeah, okay. So, one I liked was this one by Kate Ellen, right. full name. I'm more introverted than I realized and being at home and reducing social obligations has made me far happier and that my family is most important as they are who I miss the most, going to reduce socializing to once a week max moving forward. I saw that one too. Interesting in respect to personality types, isn't it? Like introvert, extrovert, um, do, I, do I like this period? Do I... Uh, revel in it because I actually don't like talking to people anyway. <laughs> yeah. What did you have, Asha? Um, I've got one here from Yasir. It just says uh, that daily commute is a total waste of time and money, which is yeah. totally true. Like the only yeah. reason anyone does it is out of obligation because you have to, quote, go to work. Mm. But like we were discussing earlier, I don't think 
that's going to be a thing moving forward. It's going to be a new normal where there isn't so much of going to work. It's just mm. going to that part of the house where I work. Yeah. And I think as well, it's like you've got more. There's actually an episode on My Millennial Career uh, Quarter Life Crisis. Yep. And it's talked about, actually, I was the guest on there, that it's easier. <laughs> what up? <laughs> How are you? Um, it's easier to change and adapt when your cash flow isn't tied up with debt. Yep. If your cash flow isn't running on the line. So, hmm. what else have you got, John? Um, I've got one here. I'm trying to find Nat, I'm just, I'm just, um, Nat says, do way too much, need to simplify life, enjoy working from home, from home hate the trains, uh, and will be the biggest struggle when I need to go back spent too much on coffees and work lunch previously. So, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, bloody lost mine. No, that's all right. I'm having Where, another look here. Here's it? one here. What time was it sent? Eva says, I learned that I did not have a work-life balance before COVID-19. Long days, never made it anywhere due to a combination of, uh, you know, part-time commute, living 23 kilometers from the CBD, train stops at every... Um, Stop. Longer than eight hours workday. Never saw the sun till the weekend. My work was amazing. They supported us with working from home. Now I take my dog for a walk. I see the sun. I produce better and more work. I love my new life. That's an interesting one, isn't it? More yeah. productive because there's no grind, grind, grind. Go, 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 go. Yeah. And the, the mindset's always reasonably fresh. Uh, there's some energy there. They can exercise. I was talking to someone yesterday. It's like, I get to have my morning walk. I can work mm. in my trackies. Like yep. it's, it's just this whole routine thing, isn't it? Well, as well as the toilet paper thing, I also saw that bikes, are, it's hard to get like a new bicycle now. Yeah. I work close to a bicycle store. They don't have any left wow. because everyone wants to get out there and they, you know, they weren't able to do it before. So yeah, yeah. which is great. It's crazy. There's another one here from Lucille. Admittedly, as someone counting their blessings to be in work during this period, my partner and I realized that whilst we like the fire concepts, the idea of an early retirement is not for us. <laughs> we have a wholehearted appreciation of what it means to work, to be needed, and to have the opportunity to do so. We'll probably willingly worked while we're able to. So, that's kind of the that's sense great. of purpose. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, if you're made redundant or if you're out of work, that does so much to the human thing, whether it's back in the cave and your uh, hunter, collector, a hunter, oh, that's a band. Hunters and collectors. <laughs> we can all relate to being part of the hunters and collectors. <laughs> hunter gatherer. Um, there is freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Do they sing that song? No, that's yeah. Crowded House. Yeah. Um, it's all the same, isn't it? We're all Australian. Claire says that even after this early childhood Educators will be probably still undervalued. Oh, you yes. stole mine, you dog. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, we'll go. What have you got? Oh, like, well, that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Back I'll say to it again. You. Yeah, yeah, Claire says, even after this, early childhood educators will be undervalued. Um, and I'd say the same thing for all educators. So, I You're know, married to one. I'm married to a teacher. I have an older brother who's a teacher. Yeah. I subsequently know a lot of teachers as well. You teach life. I... Sorry? You teach life to people? Do I? I don't know. Oh, I guess if this counts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess people who aren't teachers don't realize what's involved in trying to keep a child's attention all day and trying to get them to mm. absorb something oh, and learn something, totally. let alone 30 at a time. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything worse than trying to teach your own kids as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know plenty of educators out there that have just gone 
rip their hair out trying to teach their own kids, yeah. but they they love teaching in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't find where I found it, but it's definitely in there somewhere. Someone was talking about um, they're grateful for the industry that they're working in, um, knowing that they've survived through this time or wasn't affected. And, and that is an interesting, I suppose, conversation, isn't it, around, well, do I choose an industry going forward based on how reliable it is for me and my family? Like, do I, I always want to do something I'm passionate about, but if that's at the detriment of my family mm. through times like this, it, how uncertain is the industry? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ashley says uh, that she's found that there is no limit to the adaptability of the human race, watching businesses and people grow, adapt and find resilience through the changing environment has been amazing. Jacqueline says, I've realized in the normal times that I have the guilty feeling of not doing enough, hmm. doing things, going out, having a million hobbies, catching up with everyone. She can now breathe and she doesn't want to go back to the feeling of FOMO on weekends. So, mm. I think that's really good as well just to be like, you know what? We're just, it's all good. Yeah. So, the trick I yeah. think, guys, is to the new habit, the new sense of whatever that is, how do we implement what we've learned through this period into our life and not let the old habits bounce back. Yeah, and maybe look at your 2011 note-taking and and just make your four or five notes and then your action steps from there and, and just live those as a new norm. And for me, those hard times, like I knew exactly, you know, priorities, like I knew exactly where what the bottom right hand of the page I knew exactly where it was in that diary. I have not picked that diary up for five years, mm. but that exact bit, I knew if I kept going through, it's the bottom right of the one of the pages. Yep. Mm. And I knew it was early on, yep. so it's going to be at the front of the diary. Yep. So, for me, that time going through that, like, literally no money. Like, people don't realize, like, to have a financial planning license, I had to pay, like, $30,000 a year yeah. and pay rent. And had a car payment. Hmm. And you, you'd want to talk about like, can Glenn James relate? I know what it's like yeah. to have, it, there could have been, it wouldn't have mattered if I owed a million dollars. I didn't have the money. Yeah. So, if I owed 10 grand, there was no difference with 10 grand and a million dollars. Yeah. I didn't have any so of it. So, I can't give it to you. Yeah. 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 Look, I'm on your side. I think you are relatable. So, I don't know who was writing that <laughs> sort of rubbish. But um, well, the other thing as well is being a financial planner it perceived in the public as, well, you should have money. Yeah. Right? So yeah, there's but a there's a difference a, between um, starting a business I know, and but, your craft. Correct, yeah. but people can easily have the undertow of of the or the pressure of being a financial planner or a mortgage broker or whoever it is. It's like a personal trainer that's not fit. Mm. You've uh, you've got to walk yeah. the walk, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Georgia says uh, she's thankful. She's now richer than I ever thought. Financially, socially, I'll never take those things for granted again. And she's more of an introvert. I'm just looking at the ones where heaps of people have ticked like love. Kelsey said, life is short and never again uh, want to sit through a funeral through a computer screen. A rainy day fund is important and just because there might be a way to transition your job into an online platform doesn't mean you should at the expense of your mental health. More life than work balance will be a new... Yeah. yeah. So, basically, a new priority for her is more life than work. Yeah. And that's an interesting one. Like, 
I that was so surreal. Like I was at my aunt's funeral and there was only ten of us, mm. and I like yeah. I streamed it live. Yeah, like it was just crazy, isn't it? Um, what we're talking about before Asher. Uh, Ivy says here, growing my own vegetables and and bought a sewing machine to make my own fashionable clothes has saved me so much money. Yeah. Um, and how she can literally learn anything off YouTube with, um, yeah, don't know why it's not a university with custom-made degrees. <laughs> so, yeah, it's if her passion, she's gone back to a hobby basically yeah. and uh, indirectly save her money. Jaspreet said, I actually don't need a gym membership. Now, that's interesting. When you're doing your budget, can you reflect over the last three months and go, life still went on and mm. I still kept healthy, for example, yeah. or I didn't need the 15 subscription services? Or, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What is it that you can reflect on? I think there's so much stuff that people could reflect on that they wouldn't need. I think what maybe part of the problem might be is that when things do go back to, I guess, quote, as normal as they can be, What's the pre- what's the pressure going to be like yeah. for you to rejoin that stuff? Like That's I think right. now more than ever, I've seen you know uh, advertisements for insurance companies yeah. and everything, basically just saying we're still here, mm. like really really pushing the fact that even though you're still at home, you know maybe you don't need your car insurance right now, but we'll give you a break on it or something like yeah, that. Totally. What's the pressure going to be like when everyone is back out there when the appetite to consume and buy is yeah. you know? All the more sort of flared up. What's going to happen? An example there? of that gym membership. I, I may not need it, but four of my other friends are going. Do you want to come? Yeah. Oh wow. What do I do now? Yeah. Do I go for a run by myself, or do I succumb to peer pressure and, and want to that train sort of with comes my back friends? That comment. That, I do neither. What? It <laughs> <laughs> sort of comes back to that comment that person made around. You know, I don't want to be spending all this time out all the time with my friends. I actually enjoy, you know, time by myself and yeah. that sort of thing. Reflection. How yeah. do I not fall back into that? Correct. And it's yeah. like everyone else is doing it. Yeah, you just got to remember what it felt like to, to be like so that, and I then think, not go. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like we've all made all these changes. Like I've saved heaps of money because I haven't eaten out breakfast every day. Um, I've. I don't know what else has changed for me. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that's you can think of. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, know, I know your cleaner came this morning because we couldn't do a podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She comes Monday mornings. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is if there is... I oh, know one for, for me is to be a little bit more cash heavy for the yeah. emotional thing. Okay. Yeah. So, if there's been five weird changes in your life that, oh, it's been so great. We know habits and behaviors kick in. Let's just focus on keeping one. Yeah. Yep. Let's just go for one. What can you keep in your life? Whether it is, mm. you know what? I've saved an extra $150 a week through this bloody lockdown. Yeah. I'm still going to save at least $75 a week yep. extra. Yeah. Like non-negotiable. That's right. Life goes on because my goals matter more than my freaking caramel latte. <laughs> Although it's nice at the time. I think understanding and reflecting is before COVID, were we content and happy in our life? Yes. So, number one, if, if the answer to that is yes, great. We we might just have a, a new version of that, I was happy. Yeah. If we came into realizing or reflecting that, hang on a minute, I was actually grumpy, I was stressed, I was, I was something was going to fall down. Yeah. This has been the reset button, hasn't it, for them to, to yeah. change the direction yeah. that they head? Emily said an interesting one here. She's learned that women are even more responsible for the invisible labor that props society up than we realize, and we're not getting paid for most of it. So you can look in a Facebook group, and she put some articles there. You can just, um, you know, 
search invisible labor or something like that. But I guess she's basically saying it's been highlighted that, so for example, in heterosexual relationships, there's studies that say women still carry the whole thing in terms of maybe some of the household chores or mm. whatever. And it was, I was even funny, like once, and it's just so weird, like, and I kind of feel guilty when I think back on it, like once for mum's birthday, I bought a new washing machine. <laughs> and it's like... Oh, I've got a story like that too. I bought my mum in like a new kettle. Yeah. <laughs> How bad is that? Kettle's better than the washing machine. She wasn't happy still. I no. mean, it's just... <laughs> she didn't say so, but she could, She looks like... Yeah. But mum was over the, the moon. Like, the iron's don't get me probably the ultimate. Yeah, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I look back on that and it's like, that's rubbish. Yeah. But then again, my dad... But you didn't know any better? No, I didn't know any better. But my dad married a mum like... He, you know, she does everything. Yeah. Um, Which was tradition, wasn't it, back then for, for most people? Oh, it's just rubbish though. I know it is, but yeah. he didn't know any different no. and you didn't at the time either. But conversely, mum actually likes doing all that crap. Genuinely yeah. likes mm. looking after the house. Yeah. yeah. She just appreciates something <laughs> a bit better than a washing machine. Yeah. Anything. Anything. It cost me $800, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Could have bought a car but, for that. Yeah. Sorry, I can't remember her name, but the Emily. Emily. Yeah. yeah. She makes an interesting point because a lot of the, I guess, uh, you know, required the, the jobs that need to stay, you know, rolling basically. So we think about, uh, so the nursing the profession, teacher, educators, um, educators, mm-hmm. aged care. There's all these things that are predominantly female um, sort of uh, industries or female sort of mm-hmm. um, dominated industries that are required to keep going. And really, there's some of the, if not the most important thing, which is making sure that the people who are little on us learn and grow up to be mm. responsible adults, making sure that people don't die when they don't have to. Yeah. These are all the things that I guess we're really focused on now. But when the rest of the world is, you know, back to normal. Go back to... Yeah, yeah. but like devil's advocate and it's yeah. not a... I don't want it like this whole topic's beyond the scope of money podcast. Of course, yeah. um, but like... Most truck drivers I've ever seen are males. Yep, and for sure. you know who's bringing the toilet paper to Woolworth. So I think it's just this: we need to step back and be thankful yep. for all the frontline service workers. And it's like Scomo, as dumb as it was at his press conference, is like, if you've got a job, you're essential. <laughs> and the memes that were going around, I'm essential. Yeah. So, so well, I guess I, I just—it's a homage to. You know, truck drivers, no one thinks about them ever. Well, like, I think it's what you're saying is basically onto Emily's point as well, which is, you know, obviously she's focusing on the female aspect, but it's really anyone who is behind the scenes. Making the, this thing tick. Making the whole sort of cog turn, yeah. basically. That, you know, we don't want them to be forgotten about when all this is done and dusted. We don't want to sort of be reading stories just about, you know, hedge fund owners and things like that. Again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and I would encourage you, jump into the Facebook group. Uh, Emily, she's got a heap of... Po- uh, comments and uh, links that we haven't got time for now, but I just want to highlight it. If you jump in and search Invisible Labor, you'll see her post. She's got a heap of stuff there. And thanks for your contribution, Emily. Now, let's just finish up with a couple more. Do you guys have any other ones that jumped out to you? Look, Shelley says, next time I change company to consider the industry a bit more closely, which is mm. I was talking about before. Yeah, Jessica, she said about the commuting to work, like she realized actually how long like when i left sydney and worked from the coast i'm like i commuted for like five years 
And same with you, Asher. Yep. Like, you just fall into it and you're going to get match fit for it. Four hours a day for seven years. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You get match fit and you actually... It's no big thing. Yeah. It ain't no thing or whatever. You know what I mean? But you step back and retreat and go, hang on, am I crazy? Yeah. yeah. That's no, not I was just normal. doing just what normal. I had to do. Yeah. But if, if you were the only one doing it and no one else was, it'd be considered crazy. You yeah. wouldn't do it. I'd be like commuting from the Gold Coast to Sydney every day. Yeah. No one so, would do that. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah Booth says that I can support my family of five on one income. Mm. Well, that not being in debt has a big part in that, that we waste too much money on things and stuff that keep us busy. Yeah. yeah. She wants a slower paced lifestyle. So that's that's gold. Yeah. One thing I have noticed, not so much a comment, but in conversation with people during this whole thing, is that for me and with these people anyway, there's sort of a bit of perspective change in how they see uh, welfare and the welfare state as well. Like, um, you know, a lot of people will sort of see welfare recipients as, you know, why don't they just go and get a job and contribute and that sort of thing? Yeah. But when something like this happens where there isn't really a recourse and there are no jobs to get, a lot of people that I've spoken to are sort of saying, and whether you agree with the current government or not and how they've gone about doing things, the fact mm. is is that there is money out there to be had if you need it. Mm. Like we're really lucky in that aspect. You look at other countries like America, for example, that have, what, 35 million unemployed yeah. and that sort of thing. A lot of people sort of that I've noticed have sort of changed their tune a little bit around, you know, welfare and the idea of a welfare state and a safety net yeah. and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think as horrendous, and someone else made the comment in there, like as horrendous as um, the government may have handled the bushfire crisis, for example, if you thought that was horrendous or not. And I, I don't know, I think... I think uh, from my point of view, their communication was horrendous. Um, yeah. But all that aside, someone made the comment in there that she thought that the Morrison government actually nailed this compared to other countries. Yeah. And I actually think they did really well yeah, under I circumstances. So as well. Mem- remember that interview we did with the economist? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was at that time when he said... It'll be how the government responds as to mm-hmm. how quickly we get through this. And yeah. thankfully, they've responded really well. The question is, how the hell is it going to get repaid? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a watch this space with things that are going to be on the chopping block. And I mean, whether sure. you do, whether you agree or disagree with how it was handled from a government perspective, mm-hmm. I mean, this has never happened before. No, exactly. And if we're all going to be nice and assume that everyone's just trying to do the best they yeah. can, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't think they did a great job... That's cool, but just understand that you know this is a pandemic. Yeah. There's no sort of like test course. There's no sort of simulator you can go I, into. Well, it's like <laughs> conversely, if you think you know Scomo and the government have done a bad job, just compare it to Trump, and it'd be like him saying to the governors, "No, we need to open the economy," but it's the governors stopping it, like totally politicking within the states, mm. where you know it'd be like Scomo saying, "Oh no, we we need to open," but um, bloody Daniel Andrews, Daniel Andrews, or Anastasia Palaszczuk, or Glennis Berejiklian, they won't open it. So I'm the good guy. Yeah, yeah. But they're the bad people. Yeah. If it wasn't for those people, you'd be back at work. So <laughs> I think, and the fact that <laughs> he did crazy. the um, national cabinet, which is just like weekly meetings or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's done. Like, what else can you do? What yeah. do you do? Yeah. I think we can all be grateful that we live here and not totally. There. Yeah. Yes. Most of the controversy 
is around how the, the different states are different. Uh, yeah. have got their different rules and regulations, yeah. but that's really just as a, a result of how many cases there mm. are in each particular yeah. state. The biggest cock-up in Australia was that bloody cruise ship. Yes. And whether it was, and it's not a political podcast, but whether it was the New South Wales government who dropped the ball yeah. or were they acting off false information yeah. from the cruise ship. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's dodgy. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, for, for that to be the biggest sort of fouler, yeah, like, pretty good. Yeah, not totally. bad. And I, and I think we'll bounce back faster and stronger. I honestly think because yeah. they've already saying, look, we probably overcooked the stimulus. Like we need to start mm. to turn back um, the job keeper, keeper so you can pay it to people within your business. Like yeah. I think we'll start to see some, some tweaks there. Well, any sort of downturn usually recovers at the same rate that it went in at and and this was pretty sharp it happened pretty quick yeah, yeah, within yeah. A, two or three weeks but i think we'll bounce back faster i mean once you know we want to go out again we want to go to restaurants we want to get back yeah. out there the think- big risk is is the second version of it because everyone's gone out and, and Whether just there's a, gone partying a for, one. Yeah. yeah. I think what's interesting as well is how quickly some of these things, I mean, whether you think it was quickly or not, like some of these things were mobilized and sort of brought to fruition really quickly. Mm. So some of those um, incentives and everything, you know, that was a matter of days or weeks until it was turned around. So I think moving forward from like a federal government perspective is that this what just happened, what has just happened is always going to be something that people are referring back to when, you know, something either isn't delivered or yeah. something's not on time. It's like, well, how come you could do it that quickly back then? It Doesn't was need to a be a bloody pandem- emergency. Yeah. There's an emergency <laughs> now, mate. But, um, an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It'd be like owning a shipping company and telling everyone, oh, we can't ship to your country in any less time than two weeks. Something happening. You get it there in two days. Yeah. Like, what do you refer back to? How come you could do it then? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just all wild. And, and we've seen the politics have started to come back up now. Yeah. Um, because the Labor Party, they're not going to say anything bad through the peak of the crisis. Nah. They're just going, yeah, all good, all good. Yeah. That'd be crazy not to. Yeah. But now it's kind of settled. They're now going, oh, what about yeah. this? So, yeah. yeah. We were all friends once. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, just back to our day jobs. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave it there. Hopefully, that's been a bit of a, a reflection, a bit of encouragement. Mm-hmm. I've certainly taken away things from this downturn that gents have here. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. See you later. Bye. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. This podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options, or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to the thelifeyoucansave.org.au If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash m3. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. Thanks to Jess Knaus, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 